0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, the very last production or show for 2020. I got to tell you, it feels pretty good to see this year go behind us. Next year, 2021, it already feels better. So it's it's good that uh, it's been a, from a garden center perspective, uh, we've been truly blessed. So people have been stuck at home and they've been gardening and and gardening's been, it's been found again. It was lost for a few years. So travel took its place or, or experiences or, I mean, ropes courses were higher on the on the interest list than gardening, but all of a sudden people started gardening, having success, and they re- they found the garden center again. And this is throughout northern Arizona. I'm, I'm talking to friends now, going how'd it do, how'd you do, how are your tree sales, what what would you find, and and we all feel blessed. So and and you, it seems like you either have that, or you were just crushed as a small business owner, even, even large companies. Like in Prescott, we lost Pier 1 and World Market and, I mean, Sears. All, all those were gone this, this last year. And so we truly, it seems like you're either doing really well or going bankrupt. It's like there's no in-between anymore. It's scary out there. Uh, it's been a frustrating year to run, to be a, a business leader. Those in charge of going to work and, and getting teams together and doing something, you know, working together for a higher cause and just yourselves, th- this has been difficult. But if you're good at leadership, you're good at rallying folks, instilling confidence, um, it was a good thing. So it worked out very well. So I've got a great team. They've been with us forever. Waters Garden Center, we're noted as the place where employees put their roots down. So we have very little turnover. Uh, we had a few folks that were retired and kind of come in, and it's we're kind of their fun money or their social outlet, or they just come in and work for the employee discount. That's it. <laughs> and I'm good with all those. Uh, we've got this whole team of folks that we love: active, young uh, retirees, because they just they got the smarts, they got the work ethic. You just can't push them when they're got. When the guys are getting together on the golf course, they're not going to work for you. When the grandkids come into town, they're not coming to work. And you just have to be flexible with that. Those folks had to be quarantined a little bit or just were nervous, took time off, or we re- removed, changed their schedule so they could come in before we even opened and water the plants or get things ready. So we were really adaptive that way. So it's worked out well for us. In fact, we're planning this next year. I, I don't know what to do. Right now, it's, it's how do you forecast 2021? There's no vaccine yet. I mean, I just looked. Uh, I'm going to be able to get the vaccine uh, right before prisoners and the homeless. It's it's a retailer, essential worker out in the community. It's just going to take a while before they get enough uh, to get down to my level, so our family's level. And so it's going to be frontline workers, as it should be, doctors and nurses, as it should be. So it's going to take a while. So we're planning... Uh, the, the crop rotations, the seed production, the flowers, vegetables, herbs, we're planting right now. Fruit trees, berries, we've, we're upping the uh, edibles. This food insecurity thing, it's real. Um, and it's going to keep hiccuping through the supply chain. That's that's not going away till summer, maybe. So we're planning on spring being very similar to last year. People at home, more comfortable in their backyards, their private garden uh, where they can be outdoors, but not around a bunch of people. So we're planning on increasing tomato crops. We have increased uh, peppers, increased, I mean, across the board, all edibles, fruit trees are coming in about four weeks. We've just bumped up a lot of fruit trees, a lot of grapes and berries. And so that's going to be something different for next year, which I think we'll be able to keep up with the demand. Like we had a hard time this, this 2020, next year it should be easier for us. And so that's kind of 2020 in a nutshell, five minutes or less. And that's all I want to say about 2020. I'm ready for a new year myself. In fact, I was doing some gardening this, this um, last week. I was pruning my perennials back. And so the sages, the asters, you know, Coryopsis, co- um, all the, the flowers that hibernate underground... And so the tops look pretty dead from daylilies to echinaceas to catmint. All these things can be pruned back down to the ground anytime in the next two, two months. You've got plenty of time. I just had some time. And we just said, I'm, I'm going to go do, take an afternoon. It was so nice earlier in the week. I just went, this is so beautiful. I'm going to go take advantage of this and spend the whole day just out in the sun. In fact, I think I got a little sunburn. It was pretty, I can't wait till the, the, these short days are, are gone. I mean, I was out, out working in the yard. It's 10 o'clock in the morning and the shadows were still really long. Oh, I can't believe how short the days are right now. So from this point forward, we're past winter solstice a couple days ago. Now the days get longer and longer. I think it's like, I forget how many minutes per day, but you get so many in the morning, so many in the afternoon, and it just it just crescendos until you get to summer. And so I am ready for warmer, longer days mainly. Just, just give me longer days. I'll, I don't mind the cold. I kind of like winter. I like dressing in layers. I like hats. I like gloves. I've got these new battery-operated Vests that kind of when you get cold hit a button, it starts activating heating coils around your chest. It's the greatest thing ever. So I don't mind the cold. It gets. I just want longer days where I get more sun. The sun's higher up in the in the horizon. It just feels better. Uh, but my perennials, if you're pruning perennials, uh, do it anytime you want. And I did most of mine with. I'm glad you're not my neighbor because I'd almost be embarrassed if you saw me working in my backyard, but it's basically a lawnmower and some hedgers. And I just go over those perennials with a lawnmower. I mean, shave it down to, I put it at the highest setting and I just take the blade and write right over it, right down. I mean, All that dead stuff is all gone. And so in fact, I was looking at mums, I'm already starting to see some green growth coming up. So they're starting to emerge and peak their heads for spring 2021. Now, it looks like it'll cool down this week and stays that way. It should be. It's winter. So anything that's showing will just kind of freeze there. It just won't die. It'll just kind of hibernate, kind of in cyber stasis. And then it'll just, as it warms up, it'll grow some more. Then it'll slow down. It'll warm up, grow some more. And so your roses will do that. Uh, I I prune back some of my... Not heavy, just gave it a haircut, some of my shrub roses. I'll do my major pruning of roses in the month of March. Kind of depends on the weather a little bit. I might go the end of February if it feels warm, or I might cheat it to the end of March if it feels cold. Your roses like to be pruned last in the spring. Um, Also, while I'm on that topic, just kind of blooming shrubs, I should do a whole program on just pruning. Maybe next week I'll set up a whole segment on just pruning. But for now, here's the highlights. Prune back perennials as you feel. Wait on the roses. Definitely wait on anything that blooms in the spring or you will cut all the flowers off. Do not prune lilacs. Do not prune forsythia, quince. Rhododendrons, azaleas, camellias. You know which ones bloom in the spring. Now, plants that bloom in the summer, prune them all back now at your convenience. When you get a nice day and you want to get outside and the family is driving you crazy, you just need some space in the outdoors with some pruning shears. Go out and prune your uh, hibiscus, your chase tree. Russian sage, salvias, all those things that bloom in the summer, they actually prefer to be pruned in the winter. So go for those. Just go for it. All those spring bloomers, you just they've been forming buds for six months now. If you go out and prune them, it won't hurt them. It won't kill them. It won't do any kind of health things, but you just won't get the flowers, which is why you planted those. So you really do want to enjoy the fragrance. Watch that beauty show up. Then, right after they're done blooming, That's when you go ahead and prune a lilac. That's when you prune rhododendrons and azaleas and all those other things to shape them back to size that makes them look more uniform. Got a lot in store for you, but Lisa Waters Lane is coming in with your garden questions after this.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
1: Okay, maybe after the same white elephant exchange, it's time to start a new holiday tradition.
0: A living Christmas tree from Waters Garden Center can be decorated and enjoyed for a lifetime, not just a season.
1: When the holiday festivities end, gather family and friends and plant your tree together for years of enjoyment. Or Waters will plant it for you,
0: guaranteed. As your family tree grows, have a tree grow with your family from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener.
1: And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio she comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? What can we learn from other folks? What other, and we can listen into those garden questions. So we kind of glean these off of the sales floor, emails, Facebook. Just we get any hey, more people talk. There's so many different ways to people like to communicate. So That's true. It's difficult to keep up. Mm-hmm. But this segment's all about them and what's, what's going on in the gardens in your neighborhood. That's right. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. I must say, I have to let everyone know, I love my Christmas gift. (laughs) It was great. Still enjoying it.
0: Good, good. So it's from the entire family. Yeah. We worked together and strategized (laughs) and planned and bought, um, and we redid your work office so you've been kind of grousing a little bit and it's true you always had like the leftover pictures a leftover chair a desk that nobody else wanted and we just finally decided hey you work hard enough we'll give you a nice office (laughs) you know
1: i graduated in business management like 30 40 how many years ago 40 50 uh, a long time ago and um Never had my own office. Never had yeah. to decorate my own off. Never had. I uh, always had leftovers. Mm-hmm. I mean, including the house plants were just kind of <laughs> left over. So I, I bought a new desk, yes, a standing uh-huh. desk, so it goes up and down mm-hmm. uh, for for myself. You did, and then you all just took that and ran with it. I love it.
0: We did, and it
1: feels like a man office. It's not some. Oh, yeah, some leftover. Nothing
0: frilly about it.
1: No, it's a bunch of cowboy. <laughs> you know, bulls, bulls are the theme. So cows, I love it. I feel like I'm outdoors. I'm an outdoorsman anyway. So mm-hmm. I always feel more comfortable. Yeah. If I can't be in the garden, I'll be in a pasture with surrounded by bulls. You got it. And here I go to work. I love going to work <laughs> every day now. I loved it before. Now I really
0: enjoy yeah. it. It was fun. We actually found a lot of things here locally, tried to yeah. shop locally as much as we could and found some great art and, uh, different tables and things to bring in and, and. turned out really well
1: i did i honestly did not see it coming (laughs) i saw one little slight receipt you you reframed my bill anton Mm -hmm. cowboy western western artist famous western Prescottonian. right uh you reframed it and i went oh that's interesting oh and then like two days later "Ah, here we go (laughs) so my daughter called me folks she she goes "Uh, dad can i have you come to the office and go oh no (laughs) <laughs> no one ever calls me unless there's a problem. So I figured True. the place is on fire, irrigation has <laughs> erupted, there's plumbing issues, something happened. I'm going to go fix it. Dude, I'm going, what? So, what do you need? Mm-hmm. She goes, just come to your office. I'm going, okay.
0: She goes, I'm not allowed to tell <laughs> you, but just come. <laughs> Hilarious. Like, oh, that doesn't raise flags. At My all.
1: guard was off the charts. But <laughs> I just seriously, I came over and I thought for sure it was an issue. So, mm-hmm. you know, something collapsed or something Something happened. So, yeah, nope. No,
0: it's just the girls and I. Yeah. We spent most of the morning dragging stuff out, dragging stuff in. And how did really you well.
1: get even the entire team here at Waters mm-hmm. knew? Everyone knew but me. How well, did you pull that off? That's so good. I'm so I'm impressed. I'm so
0: amazed. But yeah, we had stuff being delivered here so I can yeah. store it in some of the containers and stuff so I'd be like this and this is coming this is where you put it don't tell Ken <laughs> so I was amazed we were able to keep it quiet I mean there were times when even the girls were I, and I were talking about it in front of I
1: go I'm a man I don't listen but I should
0: but, yeah I don't know if I'll be able to top this year's Christmas gift Sure, for you a can. Long
1: time. can we tell you how
0: uh, <laughs> I don't think so <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, garden questions. Enough about my Christmas gift. Uh, how, what, what's going on in people's gardens, even at the end of the year?
0: Yeah, yeah. So Luke has a question. He put in a fescue lawn in October. Yeah, um, says he's been doing really really happy with it. His question though is this time of year, how often should he be watering?
1: Yeah, good question. So um, October is the perfect time. It's one of the best times to start a lawn. Either by sod or seed. Sounds like, I don't know, I didn't say. But didn't say. It's still going to work. So March and October are your two peak windows for starting new lawns or expanding or overseeding. So with a new lawn, I'm sure it is rich green. Even right now, as we head into the teens, it's still going to stay green because fescue is a cool season grass. It likes the cold, so it stays green. As lawns are younger, they tend to... Keep their green, especially if you fertilized it right and that kind of stuff. Going back to his question, though, is how often do you water mm-hmm. a grass lawn? And I would probably say about once a week. There's a little bit of variance for that, but maybe it's five days in your yard, or maybe it's every ten days. But think about every week and take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you water, water in the middle of the day. Don't water so a bunch of so a bunch of, of ice forms all over the the right. grass. And if there is ice, don't walk over the grass. As those blades are frozen or or, or covered in ice, as as you step on them, it'll actually break the blade. So you want to let it thaw out. And almost every afternoon, we thaw out. We can just go wrestle, and dogs can romp and roll all over the lawn. It's fine. So Mm -hmm. about once a week through probably March. Then you're going to, depends on when the weather breaks, right. sometime in March, you're probably going to start flipping it on for, you'll start slow, maybe every six days and every five days. And eventually, fescues are a, a drought-hardy grass. Mm-hmm. So you're probably, even in the peak of summer when it's 100 degrees out, you're probably watering every other day, every third day with a fescue grass. So the roots are so deep on fescue that um, that's probably enough Mm -hmm. for that particular mountain So how
0: long, if you had to give an average length of time you should water, 15 minutes, 20 minutes? So with that,
1: I can't say because there's Mm. so many different types of grass head, uh, uh, sprinkler heads. So it just depends Mm -hmm. what the, if you read a book, they'll go, oh, take tuna cans or some way to measure, put it out (laughs) in the lawn and measure till you get one inch of water. Mm -hmm. One inch of water will go down about six, seven inches of of root, which is about enough for a lawn. Mm -hmm. So the book says, put some tuna cans out and just run it until you see about an inch of water in those cans. And that's your measurement. You'll never change that depending Mm -hmm. on the time of year. You're always going to water that length of time in January. In in October, in June, all you're playing with at that point is frequency. Mm-hmm. How often should I water that much? But every time you, you, you irrigate a lawn, it'll need that much water. Same for trees, shrubs. You, as soon as you figure out how much it takes to water right. them, you never think about that again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All you think about is, how often should I
0: water? Mm-hmm.
1: Same amount every time, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very good advice. Hard, hard for people to kind of get it settled in their head sometimes, but you're right oh,
1: listeners of the show they get they hear it often <laughs> enough they just kind of through osmosis they just they get,
0: get it, it. <laughs> wouldn't that be <laughs> <Yeah>. nice <laughs> okay uh, so susan has a question she's out in chino and she's noticing that many of the native oaks and some of the pines on her property are just looking really stressed okay. uh, drying up just not yeah. looking kind of sparse I mean, we haven't gotten a lot of waters, but her question is, should she water those natives? Yeah. Um, is it something you should do, or you just let them survive on their own?
1: So, no, you don't let them survive on their own because they'll die. So that's, especially with a drought, year. we're in a drought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and and th- the natives may have been fine on their own if you had built your whole subdivision around them. So now you've, you've altered the, the water flow and the way the wind, you've created heat island effects. So now those natives are... are somewhat dependent on it. Not completely, but they could use some care from their, from their owners, especially the valuable ones. Those mm-hmm. big oak, you know, emery oaks, they're beautiful. Go ahead and water them. Big junipers, big cow, cal- I mean, just shaggy bark and uh, alligator bark junipers. They're beautiful. Uh, but they have not had enough rain no. uh, or any kind of moisture for this year, basically. Right. And so go ahead and water them. And this is where I get nervous because they don't want to give you freedom to go you know, drown them to death. <laughs> but if you were to take a soaker hose, mm-hmm. just a 50-foot basic black soaker hose, run it for half a day. And then you're probably fine for over a month, mm-hmm. especially in winter. And I would do that until we see probably at this point you're going to be doing that once a month for your key valuable natives until the monsoons come, probably in July. So, you're probably gonna do this
0: for a while six,
1: seven times mm-hmm. before the monsoons of, of 2021 arrive. Yeah. And then you can back that totally off. Okay. And that'll keep those, especially pines, your conifers, the evergreens, they're gonna benefit from that tremendously. Okay. So, that'll really be game. And I would fertilize them with okay. the 744 all purpose food as well. So, okay. how to take care of natives. Kim Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right
0: back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. The holidays are here in Arizona's Christmas City, bringing family closer and those chilly winter winds. While you're
1: decorating the outside, don't forget to brighten up the inside
0: with exotic Christmas plants from Waters. Beautiful Christmas cactus and poinsettia are coming to town. Grown exclusively by waters and colors you won't find anywhere else.
1: Unique, vibrant, and guaranteed to warm even the dreariest winter day.
0: Check your list twice for exotic Christmas plants at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's garden center.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane.
1: I had started the show about pruning perennials. The time it's time to prune back perennials at your convenience. You've got a large window. I'd say get them all done by the end of February. You're probably good. So you've got six, seven, eight weeks. Go prune at your leisure. Um, when I'm done pruning, I'll do two things that really make a difference. One, I'll fertilize everything that I just went pruned, I just pruned back. That will help those perennials to emerge, just to erupt from the ground. Again, perennials are those plants that hibernate down at their roots. Then they come back with fresh new plants next spring, summer, fall. Grasses are that way. There's a lot of plants like that. So if you fertilize them, they'll tend to activate faster in spring and you'll get more more blossoms. I give them the 744 all-purpose plant food. It's it's cottonseed meal, bird guano, some iron sulfur. It's got all the stuff you want blooming things to have and brings the fragrance out. In addition to that though, I also add specifically to blooming and fruiting things, superphosphate, zero fifteen zero super it's all phosphorus remember it's nitrogen phosphorus potash that middle number phosphorus promotes better roots blooms and fruits that's what that particular food plant food is for that's is hones right in on the fruit the flowers and, and and stronger roots that's what you want from all things that bloom so if your lilacs your iris your Tomatoes. Your fruit trees didn't bloom and fruit the way you wanted. Give them more phosphorus. Well, okay. I, I own a garden center. I'm a gardener. My grandparents gar- taught me how to garden years ago, both sides. So I'm pretty good at it. And so I just know plant foods. And so I, I just go okay. I want more flowers. So I give them some phosphorus and that all-purpose plant food both at the same time. One other thing. If you're pruning back perennials, what will happen is if it's in an area where you don't want a bunch of seed uh, coming back up, these are called wild flowers. So I kind of, where I have them, I like them to propagate and give me more. Um, that's great. So I'll just fertilize and I'll get more flowers next, more perennials coming up in that part of the garden next year. If you're using weed whackers, some of these things are a big mower and it's next to an area where you don't want more growth, you don't want more flowers, you don't want more weeds and everything else, those areas, you better make sure that you put down some weed and grass stopper. There's some weed, there's some seed killers, basically. So while you're fertilizing, you can put weed and grass stopper down, you spread it like a fertilizer, water it in, and it will keep any dandelions foxtail or any other seed from coming up along that fence line or in your driveway or wherever you just, or your flower bed where you just want your roses and not a whole bunch of other flowers. You just want to show off those plants. Put your weed and grass For So for me, uh, I had the guys come over, my my planting team, they had a a day or two available. I said, guys, you're coming over, you're going to reset a dry wash. I said, okay, boss, here we go. So they spent days on it. Wait, Way longer than I thought, but they did such a great job. Well done, guys. Um, the last thing I want is for seed to be weeds to be coming up in this new beautiful dry wash that they rip wrapped and kind of dug out so the water flows through the yard at the right ratios doesn 't fill up or overflow i don 't want a bunch of weeds growing up in there, or my Mexican primrose, this beautiful perennial that 's got this beautiful pink flower that roams across in a wild fashion. It's just stunning. I don't want that getting into my new dry wash that's all set. So when I was all done, because I knew seed were going to fly everywhere, and it's a happy garden. So happy gardens grow. Well, I just want them to grow where I want them to grow. I don't want them growing in the new dry wash. And so I walked up and down that new rip-wrapped area and just put weed and grass stopper down. And I won't get weeds. Or it'll knock out 99%. I mean, it would be so rare that I'll have any weeds coming up in there. But think in those terms. Because there's a whole series of, of, of winter weeds that can wreak havoc on gardens. I mean, you'll come out. You, know, you, put, you thought you put it to bed. You come back out next spring to start planting new melons or new blackberries, whatever. And it's just covered in weeds. This is when the dandelions love to grow. This is when the foxtail grows fastest. This is when your whorehound. All these nasty winter weeds, this is when they take off. And most of them come back by seed. And so if you know that, put down a weed and grass stopper in the middle of winter. Trust me, it'll it'll make it'll be a game changer next spring when you start to garden. It'll just be easier to garden. For twenty bucks, the, the bag'll go like 5,000 feet. I don't know all those ratios, but it's cheap for the amount of work it reduces in the yard, which that's why I don't like watering and I don't like weeding. That's why I've got computers to run all the irrigation fed by satellites and internet feeds and calculating the wind and evaporation rates. I've got fancy computers running my irrigation and I use weed and grass stopper pretty much over the entire yard because I'm not going to be weeding this next year or ever just don't like weeding those are two things pruning feeding keeping the weeds down in your yard be right back with lisa Watersling after this
0: the mountain gardener your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season look if your wife mom or dad wants an ugly sweater for christmas get them a sweater not some piece of plastic
1: But if someone you truly care about loves their garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense.
0: Next spring, she can pick exactly what she was hoping.
1: We all know it's not the same as a huge flower basket or fragrant rose. But hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand.
0: Waters online gift cards are found at top10plants.com or at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and we just give this segment to her to get a different perspective on gardening so we don't just get here's ken a man talking about gardening we're all we're only talking about t- tomatoes diseases and lawns that's it <laughs> we can we can broaden our horizons the beautiful stuff the decoration, the 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 decor the fragrance which i think women just pick up on better than men anyway well i can't say that that's you know it's kind
0: of sexist i'm not well, sure. I
1: you know, we see our, our, our core customers that come in repeatedly, you can name them, you just yeah. know who they are. <laughs> they're typically women, mm-hmm. but then the men, you, the men actually spend more. So when they come in, they, they buy, they just buy a lot more. So they're going, out just, I'll take a whole row of trees, have them planted for me. Have, can you have them out next week? And the ladies are in, I'm gardening today and I'm going to garden next week. I'm going to garden the next week. And they're more consistent. Hmm. I guess is that a gut feel, or am I getting that wrong? I don't
0: know. I'd have to think. I'd have to see the numbers.
1: I have got a computer; that will <laughs> tell us. I mean, these computer systems tell us what happens. So,
0: yeah. I don't know. I see a little bit of both, every which way. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's any certain shopper.
1: I have noticed one phenomenon this year: that the the gardeners are younger. Mm-hmm. We have seen more families, which is nice. Uh, Very nice. It used to be, well, Prescott, maybe this uniquely Prescottonians, seems to be younger active retirees Mm -hmm. are coming in. They're doing it themselves, or they're picking out their trees, and they have their contractors put it in, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So this year we saw a tremendous number, and it started early.
0: I think uh, a lot of it was the whole COVID Thing yeah. so family you know they were thinking about growing so a lot of new gardeners putting gardens in fruit trees berries yeah. um and then kind of once you're hooked you're hooked i think yeah. <laughs> you know and you, so you, you you want to be out in your yard working or yeah, it felt
1: good yeah felt, felt good to be in the sun yeah. i think mm-hmm. partly too that, that what could be and i don't have any science behind this but we just saw our kids mm-hmm. who were teaching kids online at home uh. behind a screen like mm-hmm. I just saw enough mothers basically coming in with kids yeah. that I, I think it was screen time, just ability to not shop in the garden center, but just to be outdoors and garden mm-hmm. with the kids was get them to do something right. that's active. That's, Soil in the hands, they got some dirt on them and they, they might have killed off a plant, but you know what? They get to pull <laughs> yank it out of that container, put it in the yeah. ground, and watch it grow and pick mm-hmm. fruits. I think there was some of that. I
0: would agree. A lot of
1: that going on. Sure. That and house plants have been going off the charts. House plants are the,
0: wildly popular. Wildly again, popular, I think yeah. People are home. They're working from their home yeah. office. Their kids are at home learning and by golly, you need something green and growing and producing oxygen in there. Yeah.
1: You know, there's some new science coming out that actually says there's more benefits to houseplants in your workspace. It actually makes you more productive. Uh, there's some mood things that it, mm-hmm. it helps you feel better. Yeah, the clean air takes out benzenes and formaldehydes, right. all that stuff. So we've all, we've known that for years, right. but now we're seeing the mental mm-hmm. uh, positive impact of houseplants. In fact, I'm putting together an article now for. Next year, which is like next week, yay! <laughs> on on the benefits of houseplants, yeah. designing with houseplants, mm-hmm. what they're not just designing, and what 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 are the top ten plants? But what do they do for you? Right. Why do you want to do that? It's that side of it. Some of the mm-hmm. new science we've got coming out.
0: Oh, it's important. In fact, you know, I think you mentioned we redid your office, so. Uh-huh. I don't think you had a... you know, you had like two houseplants in here. Yeah. But now you got like six or seven yeah. houseplants. And none it's
1: a two-room house, basically. Yeah. converted to my office. And the living room had space, had some plants. But yeah. my main office where the desk is, didn't have Nothing. one. So, so it's kind of weird. Yeah. Now I can zoom into meetings and I will look like a rock star <laughs> because I've got art behind me, plants. I'll look like I own a garden center. Yeah, Whereas before I looked like I was half homeless, mm-hmm. half, uh, I don't know... <laughs> Just came off the streets for to, and zoomed into this high-powered <laughs> CEO, whatever.
0: And <laughs> well, Plants will help your mental you. state, so yeah. it's all a positive, right? So, so
1: what are house plants might help your mental state or easy to grow, or what? Oh, what are sure. house plants people are going after? Uh-huh.
0: So when I when I have new people are new to being house plant parents. You know, I always try to steer them in easy care directions because yeah. there are actually quite a few that are just super easy to take care of. Yeah. Um, number one that comes to mind for me is the ZZ plant, yeah. which stands for Zanzifolius, blah, blah, blah. I can't it's Africa. It Zanzibar. <laughs> Z- I, can't, Z- I can't remember, but it is such a cool, dark green plant, big oval leaves on it. Um, you don't even have to shine it, but it looks like it's shiny yeah. all the time. Super, super drought hardy. I mean, I water mine at home maybe every two to three weeks. If you remember. If I remember. (laughs) And they just take care of themselves and, yeah. and they can be in a spot where they get good bright light and they can also take a spot where it's a little, maybe a little darker, a hallway yeah. or someplace like that. Yeah. So just super adaptable. Um, Chinese evergreen is another one that I just find is really easy to take care of. There's there's several varieties of Chinese evergreen. Um, some have white in them. Some have silver. Um, some even have pink in them. Um, just a really dense, uh, compact plant. It's more
1: of a shade plant, right?
0: It it'll, it certainly tolerates a darker spot, yeah. but it can take a bright room, too. Now is that got, the
1: same as cast iron plant? No, is the it's same? different. Oh, okay, yeah, never mind.
0: But cast iron plant is, I mean, it is what it says it is. It's cast, cast iron, cast iron. <laughs> <laughs> you could throw it against the wall and it would be fine it just takes care of itself sansevieria is another one otherwise known as mother-in-law's tongue sure um, yeah. they're get all of those that we just mentioned you water maybe every two weeks sometimes yeah. three weeks just depending on how cool or dark your house is um some other easy ones are aloes or succulents um, they're getting because you're not watering, but they yeah. like bright rooms, bright sunny rooms, the best place for those. That's all succulents are sort of that way,
1: including your yeah. your Christmas cactus and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So they right. seem to do better in a brighter room.
0: Yeah. Maybe
1: not direct sunlight in that self-facing yeah. bay window, but a bright room. Yeah. Be happy for them.
0: Do very well. Cactus, any yeah. of your cactus. And there's some really cool. I think my favorite one is um, the golden barrel cactus. Which most people grow outside, but up here they don't really winter over so well, so you can grow them inside. Yeah. And I just, they just make real cool little balls. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get really creative with their container and can kind of do a real architectural look with like a square container and a round you know, cactus. So you can get creative with and that.
1: And they are gold, so mm-hmm. you put a blue pot or, or oh, cobalt yeah. or. With a gold plant, it just says oh, I've got Southwest style going on here. Welcome.
0: <laughs> that is true, and of course the ever much loved pothos plant. Um, most most people grow it as a hanging plant. It's kind of you can get it variegated, green and white. You can get it mostly green. You can get it uh, yellow and green. Um, but really nice for those plant shells or just spot where you want yeah. a hanging plant in there. Um, take a little more. While you're probably watering once a week, week and a half, something like that. But it's still not fussy. I mean, you don't have to really thinking about them a lot, other than just kind of water them. Same with the spider plant, um, otherwise known as airplane plant. Can't think of any other. Probably goes by some other names. Yeah, too. I'm sure it's got a lot. <laughs> Most of, of them do. Right. Plant, yeah. Uh, but there again, it's another one. You just don't really. I mean, you water it. You feed it, but you don't have to obsess over it like you do on some things. So those are kind of the ones I tell people. You know, if if you're a new parent, start with those because they're just super easy to take care There's
1: of. There's some we've have a lot of styles, a lot mm-hmm. of different house plants here. I mean, just and you know, we bump it up for January because when that Christmas tree comes out of the house, yeah, it's gonna feel cavernous. Mm-hmm. And so we've got some things to help you make it. There's so many new homes too that people are. Oh, they sure. Want, they want to accessorize some, something living in that yeah. new space. And a
0: lot of them didn't bring their houseplants with them yeah. because they were you know, on the move and that type of thing. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of blooming. I mean, African violets, orchids, uh, anthuriums. We try to bring in a nice selection of just blooming plants sure. too, to add yeah. some color.
1: I think some of those, too. Some of those, even the hard harder to you know, string of pearls, some of these were mm-hmm. more difficult, uh, lipstick plants, some of these more harder to grow things... Start with the easy stuff, and once right. those get established, adding another plant—they actually help each other oh, grow better. More, more plants. Plants like to grow together; very social. Mm-hmm. Maybe more so than even people are, in that they help each other grow. And right. that sometimes, if you struggle, it's because you put them off by themselves. Yeah. So I'll give them together, and they just shine. Thank you, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Great ideas on some easy to grow house plants in your house this year. Ken and Lane and the Mountain Gardeners will be right back.
0: Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com.
1: Okay, maybe after the same white elephant exchange, it's time to start a new holiday tradition.
0: A living Christmas tree from Waters Garden Center can be decorated and enjoyed for a lifetime, not just a season.
1: When the holiday festivities end, gather family and friends and plant your tree together for years of enjoyment, or Waters will plant it for you, guaranteed.
0: As your family tree grows, have a tree grow with your family from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: So I've had several folks in the Garden Center this week, and you can tell they're new, they're desert folks or tropical, from warmer parts of the climate, where they're not used to four seasons, and they're going, my plants are dead. Uh, What do I do? Going, your plants probably are not dead. They're probably just dormant. We call them deciduous. That is, they lose their leaves in the winter. And most of your fruit trees will do that. In fact, all of them, they grow up here. We don't grow citrus. That's the only evergreen one. We don't grow avocados at high altitude. Those are more warm climate Tropical kinds of plants. We do grow figs, but figs will lose their leaves. We grow pomegranates, but they lose their leaves. We grow apples, pears, cherries, I mean, apricots, nectarines, peat, all those, but they all lose their leaves. They're deciduous. If you're truly not sure he's alive or dead, or you're just convinced, oh, my, my crepe myrtle's dead, I'm sure of it, um, you go out and just on a nice day, Bend the branch. And if it's pliable, that branch is alive. If it's brittle and broken and just kind of snaps off, okay, that okay, that branch could be dead. Uh, It doesn't mean the whole plant does. Some plants uh, are perennial. That is, they they die back down down to under the ground. And so they're hibernating there underground, uh, but they don't come back. They'll come back from the roots, basically. A herbaceous perennial... That's kind of what we're talking about. So think shrubs like your lilacs, forsythia, uh, crepe myrtles. These are all things that lose their leaves, but the stems are actually still alive. Uh, The most famous probably of all those is Russian sage. It's a shrub that has blue flowers all summer and fall. And so now it's just a bunch of gray twigs coming up from the ground, this vase-shaped, about hip-high shrub. It's very much alive. You, it's not, it'll come back from those stems for you. And so if you truly don't know and you want to go out and figure out, is that really alive? It's a pliable, that's one way. But another way is to take your pocket knife. And sometimes if it's a younger branch, you can take your thumbnail and just scrape the bark off. And as you scrape that bark off, it is. if it's green, kind of a kelly green underneath the bark, you very much have sugars going up and down that stem that branch uh, of that vine, whatever it is, same technique, no matter if you scrape as green underneath that branch is alive. So don't worry about it. Even though it may look dead to you, it's very much alive and it's forming new leaf buds, flower buds. In fact, you'll see now starting the new year, you'll start to see a swelling or little nodes coming up from underneath the bark. That is next springs, usually March and April. Give it a couple months and those things will erupt with new flowers or new leaves from this dormant plant. The way to do it is scrape some of that bark off and that's how you tell. The th- best thing you can do right now if you're just not sure is do that test and then fertilize. Just get it to get it to accentuate as many of those flower buds or leaf buds as you possibly can. For evergreens, we call them they don't really have leaf buds. They've got needles. looks like a button on the end of the branches. That's where that new elongated branch is going to come out of a pine tree or a spruce or a fir or a cypress, cedar, juniper, all those evergreens, the conifers, that's how they operate. And so typically with your evergreens, you really only get one shot. You only get spring growth and then it, whatever you have, that is it. That's all. You get one opportunity with evergreens and it won't grow any further at that point. That's why it's so important. I tell folks, fertilize. The most important feeding for all spring blooming, all evergreens is the fall and the new year because you only get this one, one shot of growth and that's it. This is critical for a pinion pine that's been eaten up by scale. It looks kind of wispy and thin. It should not look that way. It should look tropical looking. Fertilize it now so it has time to take in this food. Maximize the number of buds and the size of that button. If it's got got some good nutrients underneath that tree, that bud or that little button looking new growth is going to happen on the end of those branches, they'll get bigger. There'll be more of them. And so you'll get a elongate, elongate even more for you next spring. It's how you recover from, let's say, a, the backside of a tree died or, or a branch broke off, fertilize, and that will help it to flush more growth next spring. It's a game changer. Right now, I, I tell folks too, just while we're on conifers, uh, this is the time of year. The days are so short that if it was lacking any nutrients in the soil, the trees will start to look yellow or golden. We call it winter chlorosis. And so this is very common for pines, for spruce. They'll lose that blue and they'll go more green to muted yellows. A deodar cedar, classic. It'll almost turn yellow. I mean, just like gold if it doesn't have the right nutrients to keep those evergreens Green, truly a deep, rich, the green that you planted, what the, so what you desire, fertilize those things at the new year. So sometime in the next month, give it a good dose of the all-purpose plant food, that 744. It's got a lot of sulfur in it. Sulfur lowers the pH, so you're changing the chemistry of the soil, makes it more acidic. Evergreens love more acidic. It's got cottonseed meal, which provides it a, a nutrient source, but also cottonseed meal is very acidic. It'll lower that pH, so it'll keep that greenness going on. I would say, if you've got a brand new lawn, I'd fertilize that just to keep it green. Uh, if it's an older lawn or if it's a summer-loving lawn, let's say Bermuda, there's no way to take a summer-loving grass and turn it green this time of year. But you can take your winter grasses, your bluegrass, fescues, rye grasses, and you can keep those looking good through most of the spring season, right through winter, through summer, they ch- they can stay green year-round. They're amazing. So that's why I like cool season grasses at the higher altitudes because they stay green longer. Yes, buffalo, blue grama, uh, Bermudas, these are lower water use grasses, but the reason they're lower water, because they're dead half the year. So of course you're going to take half the water because you're only watering half the year. So I don't really care for they're more of a desert type of grass. So now I'm, now, I'm, now I'm bantering back and forth. You folks know who you are with the xeriscape, native-only kind of folks. I think there's a blended way to, to blend those things together. Uh, I want my lawn, my, my, my yard to look good year-round because it's mild enough we can enjoy it year-round check that. I've got too many folks coming in this week to the garden center. It's a week before Christmas and they're worried that their plants are dead. I don't even, I'd be inside baking cookies, not looking at my deciduous trees or shrubs, but do that test. Scrape it off with your thumbnail. Most times you can take a thumbnail and just scrape it off and you'll see it's light green. If it's white or brown underneath that bark, that particular branch is dead. And so I just pruned back uh, one of my Japanese maples. I've got, let me think here, four Japanese maples. They're all in containers. So the Japanese maple will grow at this altitude and they'll thrive as long as they don't see the sun. They don't like sun. They don't like wind. And so you gotta be put in the right microclimate here in the mountains because our sun's a little more intense. The wind is ferocious. And that dry air just dries them out. So they'll tend to make them look kind of ratty looking. But my containers, I put them on the north side of my house, the entertainment patios, uh, the west facing, direct west face, so it only sees sun at the very end of the day. They love it. Well, they're all deciduous right now because Japanese maples are deciduous. I was cleaning those up just so I get the form. This is an art form, it's a, a, a small tree. Got quite a few coral bark junipers. So the, the, uh, The stem or barks are bright red. I mean, they're beautiful, even without foliage. Then the green leaves come out in the spring. It just has this beautiful red and green. I was shaping those. I did find some dead branches in my Japanese maples, just starting to shape those up. Prune those off. If it looks dead, it probably is. Go ahead and trim that off. But you could tell the ones that were, were vibrant and alive, they were bright red. They had this glimmer of life in them. They were supple. They would bend and move. I did trim some of those off, mainly to shape the structure so it looked more artistic in the container. I've got these in big containers. So, But be strategic with dead limbs, whether you, whether you know it's dead or not. Before you start digging it up and making a hard call, do that test, and you'll have better gardens next spring.
0: You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. The holidays are here in Arizona's Christmas City, bringing family closer and those chilly winter winds. While you're
1: decorating the outside, don't forget to brighten up the inside with exotic Christmas plants
0: from Waters. Beautiful Christmas cactus and poinsettia are coming to town. Grown exclusively by Waters in colors you won't find anywhere else. Unique,
1: vibrant, and guaranteed to warm even the dreariest winter day.
0: Check your list twice for exotic Christmas plants at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: Well, I guess we are past the Christmas season, so celebrations are, are done, I guess through the weekend. Smaller gatherings. We're having quite a few smaller gatherings just to kind of try to stay safe. Wearing our mask a lot. Sanitation everywhere. But I'm most encouraged. I don't have to say Merry Christmas or Blessed Hanukkah or Happy Holidays anymore. We can shift on to May You Have a Prosperous New Year. I like the sound of that. 2021. In fact, we just posted, uh, if, if you get bored... And you're at home and you're just you wish you could go back to work, or you're missing all those Zoom calls in that back bedroom. You just need more seat time behind the screen. You can check out Waters Garden Center. We just posted our 2021 garden classes. Not all of them are up there, but, but the first couple months are. So you'll see January. We're starting January 16th with Happy Houseplants. We are going to gather. We're going to host it in the back greenhouse. I'm hoping it doesn't get too crazy cold. But I think this is a 5,000-square-foot structure. We could probably fit 100 people in there and still be six foot apart, space things up. So we'll spread everything out. We'll crank up the heaters so it'll add a lot of flow. I think we can keep it safe. So we're going to try it. And we're upping our game on how to stream those classes. So you could tune in from your own office if you'd like as well. But take a look at those. The very first one, we're going to start at 9:30s on Saturdays. January 16th, happy, healthy houseplants with professional styles. Uh, The 23rd, we're thinking Saturdays at 9.30. That seems to be something, especially in winter. It's a good time. So we're going with a garden design class called uh, Total uh, Top Local Landscapes with Flair. How do you add some accents to your yard that that just looks good, feels good, that accents the architecture that you have that says, hey, I've got style. At the end of January, the last Saturday, we're going – January. why wildflowers, it's the best time to plant wildflowers. we are just going over the mixes, how to plant, how to have more. January is your month to put wildflowers out. So we just wanted to host a class on that. And it it continues going on. If you're new to the area, say you've got a new house and you're trying to research plants that you could put out there, we put our plants online, so you can take a look and research that. It's on our website, watersgardencenter.com. It's pretty hard to find, huh? Just, Siri, give me Waters Garden Center online. It'll pop you right up there. There's a shop button right on the front screen. You can We've isolated. You can shop uh, plants, trees, evergreen trees. It just makes it so easy, and you'll see what the price is, the sizes. We've got descriptions that are local for us. It's not how they grow in the Northwest, you know, where they natively grow 80 feet tall. And if you read the national tax, it's 80 feet by 20 feet tall. I'm going, it doesn't grow that way here. Actually, plants at this altitude in more of a drier climate. I don't care whether you're tuned in from, from Kingman, Henderson, Flagstaff, White Mountains, Payson, Prescott, we're all. It's drier, it's windier, the soil's more alkaline, harder just more clays. And so plants seem to stunt about 25% of their normal height. So if it says it grows 50 feet normally, it might only grow 35, 40 feet here just because our our environment doesn't allow them to grow as large. And so if you're from the Midwest and you see uh, mock orange and it grows 12 feet tall, it's not going to grow that way here. It might get six feet if you're happy. So we put those descriptions on the website. So you can research plants, and you've got actual kind of gardeners, boots on the ground, giving you advice on what they're going to look like in your own backyard. It's a great research tool. You can buy them online if you want to. This whole COVID thing, it's, it's, this disease is really, it's real. So we've got delivery, pickup, plantings, whatever you need. Uh, but it's there to it really is a research what's here to make your life easier. So, Ken and Lisa Lane, may I I wish you one last Merry Christmas and the end of 2021 and a prosperous new year.
0: Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants an ugly sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic.
1: But if someone you truly care about loves their garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense.
0: Next spring, she can pick exactly what she was hoping.
1: We all know it's not the same as a huge flower basket or fragrant rose, but hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand.
0: Waters' online gift cards are found at top10plants.com or at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener.